Welcome, everybody, to another episode of a Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Darth Selim. And welcome back to our lovely podcast, everybody. I'm just going to get a few announcements out of the way. As you all recall from our Karelian episode, all patrons that contribute to our highest tier on our Patreon uh, website. You're getting um, shout-outed. Yep, we're getting, giving you all of the shout-outs. And once again, it is uh, Cameron Lee, Elliot Gillespie, Eric Thompson, Kenneth Young, Leon Fodd IV, and Tristan H. You all know who you are, and thank you so much for contributing the highest tier for our Patreon. Thank you, guys. We always appreciate it. Yeah, always appreciate it, and... I know a, a certain turtle that I appreciate, especially with that uh, that uh, Dothamirian picture that he posted earlier today. The yeah, minis he's, and he's everything. he's just not in the highest tier. <laughs> yeah, one day he'll get there, but... We still love you, turtle. Yeah, we still love you, even though we want to make you into turtle soup. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, with that aside, um, so if you are interested in supporting the podcast, as mentioned before, you could go support our Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that is patreon.com slash canmail. And aside from the highest tier, where we mention everybody's name, um, you will also get a Patreon art piece. And for this month, we have Ilara Dorn, the Turncoat uh, Imperial Turn Republic companion character of Swator, and my most favorite second waifu of that game. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to go through these really quickly. Um... As usual, any tier that you contribute to, whether it's $2, $5, $10, you'll have instant access to our Discord server where you can talk about general Star Wars lore, memes, uh, just have a general chat, share your Star Wars collection, and, uh, you know, just put up recommendations and chill with us for yeah, the entire time. Yeah, talk with us. We always love talking to you guys. Speaking of Star Wars collections, I was actually at... Uh, at a Barnes and Noble, not Barnes and Noble, uh, Bookman's earlier today. Uh-huh. And there was a, uh, I believe it was like uh, the original Millennium Falcon action figure set. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just chilling on top of a shelf. It was like $60 or something. Jeez, the prices there are so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember kind of going off topic a little bit, but I remember my dad. Um, he saw new hope in the tray in the uh, theaters when he was very young when it came out yeah when it came out and he had the original millennium falcon and everything that's cool unfortunately sold it but it could have been uh worth a lot nowadays remember the big millennium falcon that they had hanging in the bookman's yeah. store yep that sold so many years ago and it was <laughs> it was surprising that it did yeah same here um let me see anything else support uh, my blog <laughs> yeah support uh darth Celine's blog uh, I am, I gave her a couple of questions to work with because, you know, Hannah loves writing, so I could understand that. Help me flex my writing muscle. <laughs> I would always appreciate it. Yeah, just, uh, less smooth brain and more bumply brain for Hannah exactly. over there. <laughs> but yeah, with all of that aside, um, I'm pretty sure you know what today's episode is going to be about, Hannah. We're going to be talking about one of the better Jedi Masters, in my opinion. Master Yaddle. Master Yaddle, who has recently gained the spotlight in uh, the Tales of a Jedi series. Oh, it made me cry. <laughs> and uh, it's also a very 
special because uh, she is voiced by one of my favorite actresses, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, she is. I was surprised at how good the voice acting was. Yeah, um, especially with Bryce because uh, she's done a couple of Star Wars projects. Like she's a actress and a director. Um, she directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, which are really good. Nice. Um, and a singular episode of The Book of Boba Fett, which surrounds uh, Din Djarin, The Mandalorian. But it's one of the better episodes of the Boba, of Boba Fett and everything. That's good. Um, so she's got her... Uh, <laughs> she's got a artistic talent. And I believe she's also the oldest daughter of a director of the uh, Solo movie. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and also, she plays as uh, Claire Deering, from, who's uh, one of the main characters of a Jurassic World series, a.k.a. the woman that was able to run away from a T-Rex while wearing heels. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she, she's been in a good amount of projects. Uh, yeah, like Solo. Uh, I believe I, rem- I, I remember reading this briefly. Uh, she was on the set of Solo the most, where she got filmmaking tips and everything. That's cool. Yeah, so, as a filmmaker myself, those things I always love hearing about. But anyway, moving on from behind-the-scenes stuff and to uh, what Yado is as a character. So, Yado is one of the uh, background characters that you first see in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, where she's part of a Jedi High Council... Um, in the same vein to Plo Koon, Chaoti Mundi, uh, Shock T. Well, okay, Shock T doesn't come until episode two or whatever. I know, but um, she's still a council member. Yeah. And Mace Windu, blah, blah, blah. And the only other race aside from Yoda that is of Yoda's race and everything. Well, aside from Grogu. Yeah. Well, Grogu didn't appear until recently, but you give a point. Um, so, yeah, um... So let's go ahead and dive a little bit into Yado. And as I was doing research for this, there are kind of two... Okay, so you know on the Wikipedia... Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. Um, there's like two different types of articles. There's the canon, canon one and legends. And legends. Um, it's the same thing with Yado. Yado's uh, story in canon is significantly different than it was in legends. So, I mean, aside from her I'm getting sure. murdered by Dooku and everything... Um, but yeah, and I'll, I'll start off with canon for a little bit. Her canon story is definitely shorter. Yeah, it is a way shorter, but both of them are equally tragic as we'll soon find out. Um, so I'm going to go with her canon timeline briefly. So Yado is born, so in Legends and Canon, she was born on the same date. She was born 509 years before the Battle of Yavin. So she is very... She's, judging by how Yoda is 800 by the time yeah. A New Hope, or was it Empire Strikes Back? Uh, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. By the time Empire Strikes Back happens, Yoda is 800. Yeah. Yoda was 500. <laughs> He's, she's significantly younger than him. Yeah, Um. I actually have actual numbers of the age gap between oh. them. Uh, she is 367 years younger than Yoda. Holy shit. So... <laughs> I know it's kind of all over the place with uh, Yoda's race and their age expectancy and everything, but I assume that Yoda... we only have three examples? Well, there's much more in Legends, but that's beside the point. Um, I believe, like, Yaddo is, like, the... 
young adult version of their race, while Yoda's like the senior of her race. Yeah, he's old as fuck. Yeah, he's old as balls. Um, so, of course, like old Jedi, she was discovered to be Force-sensitive, got into the Jedi Order to be trained as a, you know, Jedi youngling in the Jedi arts, blah, 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 blah. You know, that classic thing with a lot of uh, Jedi characters... We don't really know about their childhood, you uh-huh. know, that sort of thing. It's just... It's just the group and the crash became a Jedi, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the usual stuff. Like Plo Koon, or like Shaki, all the others. Um, so, in canon, Yado devoted a large amount of time in scholarly endeavors. And she spent a majority of her time in the Jedi archives. Yeah, with Jocasta. Yeah, um, well, okay, Jocasta was probably not alive when she yeah, was around. Yeah, probably. But, <laughs> but yeah, still, she, same, same core. Yeah, she was just kind of your classical librarian nerd um, back in the day. Um, she actually appears in the High Republic series. Oh, she does? Yeah, she does. And I'll That's send cool. you a picture of what she looks like. There we go. I like how she has longer hair in canon. Aww. <laughs> She looks cute. She does look cute. Um, but I'll keep it brief because there's a lot of details of well, okay, I say a lot of details, but her role is kind of insignificant. She's just kind of there, participating in High Republic events and everything. Yeah. Um she would participate in several battles in the field, such as fighting it against his organization called the Path of the Open Hand. Hmm. And basically it's this organization without going into too much details, they because they probably need their own episode. Um, the Path of the Open Hand is basically an organization where they believe nobody should ever use the Force, including the Jedi. Sounds like something Kreia would follow. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, yeah. Um, kind of that's philosophy. Um, you know, uh, they're kind of like these antagonist factions without within the High Republic uh, series and everything. Mm-hmm. Like a... What's a good one I could think of? Uh, Vanillus. They're basically a bunch of pirates that could control hyperspace and everything. Just those kind of weird factions that the Jedi have to fight every once in a while that aren't related to the Sith. Um, And one of the more significant uh, events that Yado participated in was a event called... Where was it? Uh, The... The Night of Sorrow, which is basically this huge battle between the path of the open hand and the Jedi and the Republic. And apparently there was like massive casualties, like numerous masters, numerous knights, temple guards, padawans, and a lot of civilians were killed in this fight. But it resulted in the complete destruction of this organization. At least they won in the end. <laughs> yeah, at least they won in the end. And then after that, we kind of know the rest. Um, Yada was kind of an instructor to a lot of initiates without throughout the Jedi Order. She had uh, uh, interactions with Qui-Gon Jinn when he became Dooku's apprentice and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of he she just becomes a member of a Jedi High Council. Um, we know the rest with the uh, the uh, Tales of a Jedi episode. Um. She kind of has the same philosophy as Count Dooku, that the Jedi are working on the whims of a Senate and everything. 
Um, she finds out that Dooku's working for this mysterious benefactor, and they have their uh, heartbreaking duel, let's just admit, right off the bat. So heartbreaking. <laughs> I mean, she she stepped down from the council because she agreed that they weren't doing the right thing. Yeah. That broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's a, one thing I always appreciate about Dave Filoni, is that uh, he kind of expands more about, with, uh, you know, background characters and everything exactly and, and yaddle um <laughs> she speaks there in a very normal manner in canon compared she does to not yoda. talk like yoda no she does not but it kind of changes in legends because she's basically a female version of yoda of course but yeah that's all that we have in canon she dies um and then Rip. gets replaced by a shock t oh well anyway so that's a little bit of a description of her canon timeline. We're going onto the other side of the pond and talk about her Legends version. Yay, this is going to be fucking weird. <laughs> Legends is always weird. Well, actually, it's kind of interesting. Uh, a good, I wouldn't say equally as tragic, but still pretty tragic of how she dies. But let me go ahead and stop prattling on. Um, so in Legends, Yaddo's story... Um, she was basically a Padawan to this Jedi Knight named Polian Knot, who were, and uh, there was this one mission where they were sent to this planet within the colony's region of space, called, uh, Koba, and they were sent basically to liberate the inhabitants from the grip of this dictator, um, who was enslaving the entire population. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were originally going to you know, um, team up with the local resistance force and help them fight back against the dictator and everything. Unfortunately, though, spies within the resistance group kind of uh, told the dictator about their plans and they got instantly betrayed. Of course. And, uh, like, before they even land, uh, the dictator was, you know, preparing to ambush them. Um, they land... And the dictator sent not only his soldiers, but the the slaves of the world against them. Ooh. And uh, there's just this really heartbreaking scene where uh, they are just surrounded at all sides, at the, at the edge of this cliff, trying to fight back desperately against both of the soldiers and slaves of his dictator. Hang on, it's loading. Yeah. Hey, she can actually fight. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's like a couple of slaves. So as you notice, that Yado doesn't have a lightsaber. She's using a uh, quarter staff She's because she doesn't stick. want to kill them. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, her uh, master. Um. Coincidentally, uh, her master had previous experience with his dictator, who basically murdered his parents when he was very, very young. Angst. And he noticed the dictator, and he gets succumbed by the dark side, and he's furiously trying to cut through the both soldiers and innocent slaves, trying to get out of his dictator. But he was distracted, and uh, he was failed upon by several blaster fires, and the slaves just get their hands on her own master and do the classical thing like they did in the French Revolution and decapitate him. Oh, no. And they held his head high, like, yay, we got this trophy, a death to the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. Oof. And 
not so long afterwards, Yato was basically overwhelmed by these slaves because she, number one, didn't want to kill them, and number two, it's like, it's like she's, a toddler. She's tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's like the equivalent of a toddler trying to fight back against a mob. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, so she was captured, brought forward to this dictator who was all like, okay, I've captured you, but there's probably more Jedi that are going to come. Tell me when they are going to arrive and I'll let you go. And Yaddo would undergo numerous torture sessions, but every single time she would not submit. And she basically told the dictator that he will fall in due time. And the dictator, um, getting annoyed that she's not able to break this little green padawan, uh, decided to yeet her into a pit <laughs> and, keep, and keep her as basically a hostage if the Jedi do arrive. Um, then a little bit later, um, he kept on plundering the, the planet of its resources and enslaving more of its population. And then he basically got bored and he left the planet. Um, and he had his marshals keep an eye on it while he does his own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and for the next century, Yaddo would stay in that pit. She was alone for a hundred years? Yep, over a hundred years. Oh, that poor thing. <laughs> How and did she stay sane? Well, she probably um, meditated a lot. Yeah, he, she did a lot of meditating, communing with the Force. And the only source of sustenance she ever got was one uh, of the wardens would, you know, um, drop fruit in there for her or, you know, other things. Um, while at the same time kind of trading insults with her to get on the good side of the, uh, you know, the marshals of a dictator and mm -hmm. everything. Um, and eventually... Uh, she was just kind of forgotten about. Um, that makes me sad. <laughs> because the wardens had other things to worry about. Because their resources are being taken away more and more. They had to do their own survival. And they just kind of just forgot about Yaddle. And didn't pass any food to her. Though well, there were a couple of inhabitants that found out about her. And Yaddle was kind of seen as this legendary creature at the bottom of the pit and they would do like ritual sacrifices like send them send her like a uh, meals as a sort of sacrifice or something hey, at least she's getting fed J just a couple here and there um and sh and her presence kind of passed along the inhabitants as a sort of legend where she was called the one below huh. And over time, the inhabitants just flat out forgot about her. Um, and she would just meditate, getting sustenance from the force itself. Wow. And every once in a while, a uh, predatory creature snuck into the pit and tried to kill her ass. Let me guess, she managed to easily defeat it? Yeah, with nothing but a... <laughs> with a mere stick, she was able to knock them out and just <laughs> continue on eating food. Just, no. Yeah, it's like it's like a motherfucking mountain lion trying to kill his toddler, and the toddler just bonk. <laughs> yeah, and just for the next centuries, uh, Yaddle would just continue to meditate. Just how staying. did no one not figure out that she was gone for a century? Well, she was a mere padawan. Who gives a shit about them? 
That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. But eventually, though, the force worked to her benefit. Eventually. Um, so the planet was just abandoned completely by this dictator and everything. And then one day, there was a planet quick, and her pit collapsed, and she was able to escape and see the daylight for the first time in a hundred years. Jeez. It's amazing that she didn't go insane. And uh, even though she had this feeling of happiness, of being freed from that dark prison, she was slowly succumb with guilt and sadness as she saw that the inhabitants of this world were devastated by famine and now this uh, planet quake. And even though the slaves were responsible for killing her master and imprisoning her, she forgave the inhabitants long ago and she decided to help them out herself. Like, doing everything she can to rebuild their society from the ground up and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, she was requested by the Jedi Order to return to the Jedi Temple. But she refused. About fucking time. God but, damn. But she basically said, nah, my, my job is not complete here yet. I need to help these people and get them back to their feet and all that. And over the next couple of years, she was able to do that. And, you know, she was able to teach her skills to the younglings. And in during her time in that uh, pit, she developed a unique connection to the Force. Where she, um, essentially, uh, she lived, she <laughs> abandoned all sense of desire. Like uh, selfishness, the dark side, because, you know, she saw her own master succumb to the dark side. And she didn't want that to happen to her. Kind of like how Yoda, when he went through the trials. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Okay. And as she keeps rebuilding, um, the, the, the inhabitants were surprised that the one below was helping rebuild their society. You know, the origin of this mythical little gremlin that would go out at night and prey on their children and everything. Just this little fairy tale. Um, just one day... This little green person comes out and just helps rebuild their society. Mm-hmm. And they would attempt to give her, like, rewards or, you know, um, other things to, as a sense of gratitude towards her. Yeah, but exactly. She, but she would refuse every time. Humble as always. And eventually, eventually though... Um, the inhabitants would actually make a little bridge at the site of when she and her master were cornered by the soldiers and slaves. Mm -hmm. Making a bridge that had uh, basically a depiction of her master in her honor and everything. Like a little monument. That's cool. And obviously Yaddle forgives them for, you know, French revolutioning her uh, master (laughs) and everything. But, uh... Yeah, she she was just this kind gremlin Jedi, just helping them along. However, though, um, her hardships were not going to end there. Of course. Um, so eventually, even at around this time, the dictator was obviously dead, but his son returned to the world, and the son 
uh, saw this planet as part of his inheritance from his father and everything. Mm -hmm. And he went down to the surface of the world and he was disgusted with the inhabitants. Instead of taking them in as mere slaves, he was just going to plunder for all its worth and then kill the rest of the inhabitants. Pull the Mandalorian. Pull the Mandalorian, yeah. Um, <laughs> however, this time, there was something standing between genocide and freedom, and that was Yaddle herself. And she basically challenged the son of a dictator to a duel. And do keep in mind, she has no lightsaber. She has a simple quarterstaff. Yep. And she was able to prevail against the son. Finally freeing the world of its tyranny and everything. And that is when she finally returned to the Jedi Temple. A hundred years have passed since then. Fucking hell. (laughs) Only those long-lived species could be able to do that. Yeah. So humans? I probably... People who, humans who knew her from the Jedi Temple probably they been died gone, wondering yeah. where she was. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Yeah, and uh, she returned to the Jedi Temple, went to the council chambers, and, uh, you know, um, each one of the Jedi Masters, who were comprised of, you know, the Modern Day Council, Chaotic Mundi, Maze Windu, blah, 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 um, they were legitimately impressed that... Uh, who um, wouldn't be? <laughs> That a mere Padawan was able to go through all that and remain true to the Force and everything. And each one of them said that she deserves to be a Jedi Master at that point. She didn't even have to go through the trials of knighthood. Nope. Oh, <laughs> she, fuck. she already went through that herself. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Every single one of them, Mace Windu, Chaoti Mundi, Plo Koon, said that she should become a Jedi Master and a member of a Jedi High Council. The only person that said no was Yoda. Why? Because by his perspective, he is a staunch traditionalist. And this is kind of like, oh, a uh, mere Padawan is evaluating to the rank of Jedi Master. That's kind of rushing it a bit, don't you think? A little bit, but she went through a hundred years of fucking solitude. (laughs) And still stayed true to the light side of the force. Yeah. How is that not meaning anything? But eventually, a Yoda. Fuck it, you, Yoda. <laughs> eventually, though, to give Yoda a little bit of credit, um, he listened to her entire story from beginning to end. A hundred years worth. Yeah, and you know he saw a glimpse of her future, and he decided, you know what, I'm just one person. The majority vote for you, and I will listen to reason, and I. I will allow you to become master. Amazing. Yep. And on that day, Yato became a member of a Jedi High Council, which is, if you think about it, it's really unheard of of a motherfucking Padawan going from where they are right now to literally a member of a Jedi High Council. That could have been what Ahsoka could have done. Yeah. But no, she decided to leave the Order, <laughs> which is very fair. Here's actually a uh, quote from Yoda. Um, Doubt I will always have. Strict Jedi tradition this is not. But the path to the dark side is not one Yada will travel, I think. The council speaks with many voices. I am but one. To the fold, you are welcome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, And of Yada... um, If you really think about it, she, uh, it's, it's, 
if we're going by D&D perspective, it's like the equivalent of starting out as level three to reaching level 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is going from nothing to holy shit, you're a god. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Yaddle decided to go down the path of Jedi Consular. Nice. So Diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. Just like a Shock T. Um, yeah, Shock T. Uh, because yeah, Qui Gon. Because I think Plo Koon was a Jedi. Uh, God damn it. Um, he wasn't a knight, or he wasn't a guardian. No, no. Yeah, he was a guardian. Oh. Yeah, because I. Okay. Point is, um, Yaddo followed the path of a majority of members of a Jedi Council, and considering her unique connection to the Force, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, it see it. She fits with the consular like archetype of following diplomacy instead of. Defending. Yeah. Um, and due to that unique connection to the Force, Yaddo has, a has access to a unique power rarely used by the Jedi. Um, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, a technique called Maricaro, which is described as a dangerous and forbidden technique, which is off limits for any Jedi Knight, and only a handful of Jedi Masters can use this. Um... Basically, it allows the user to reach out through the force and control the bodily functions of another being. Such as... Basically, you're playing God with the force. Such as uh, giving them a huge headache. Or giving them a long-term suspended animation. Or outright just death. <laughs> it's a good thing Yaddle has it because she will never kill somebody. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> But it's kind of... Imagine that in the hands of a Sith. How fucked would you be? Uniquely enough, this technique is not dark side. That's it's surprising. It's light side. That's very surprising. <laughs> and yet it's forbidden, except for like a couple of masters. That's dumb reasoning for a light side <laughs> ability. Um, Yaddo even possessed a very rare force ability called Force Light, which manifests by channeling the light side of the force to blast light side energy in purging or outright, uh, where was it? Containing dark side manifestations. Hmm. So imagine it like force lightning, but instead of lightning, you just have a ray of light coming out of your palm. It's like a Kamehameha. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it was much more prominent in like the old Republic era and everything. And Yaddle was the only one of her generation to be able to manifest that. Wow. That's how powerful she is. That's cool. <laughs> and as a Jedi counselor... It's a shame that only happened in Legends. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, compared to most of her contemporaries, Yaddo isn't as martially gifted as, say, Mace Windu, Plo Koon, or Shock T. Um, however, she is highly proficient in two lightsaber forms. Form 3, which is Sarisu, and Form 4, Ataru. If you remember, Sarisu is the defensive lightsaber style. Yep. And uh, Ataru is the one that Yoda commonly uses. Um, and it is said that she's ranked as one of the most skilled duelists in the Jedi Order. And yes. do keep in mind, Yaddo is like uh, average, but she's still considered a skilled duelist by a lot of Jedi. Um... She also wields a orange-colored lightsaber in Legends. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting to see. <laughs> I think the green looks better, in my opinion. I mean, you're not wrong, but still pretty cool. 
Yeah. But Legends has weird lightsaber colors all the time. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, Let me get a quick swig. Okay. After becoming a Jedi... Yes? Stay hydrated. <laughs> yep. Especially during this heat storm <laughs> over the summer. Um, after becoming a Jedi Master, Yaddo would be responsible for training dozens of Padawans. Um... With her most notable ones being Opal Rancisis. Who is also her fellow High Council member yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, we'll eventually dive into Opal Rancisis, but his... Later on the list. <laughs> Opal Rancisis's, um main attribute is battle meditation. Like, he's literally one of the best strategists the Jedi Order has to offer. Battle meditation's good ability to have. And considering his master is Yaddo, she's probably also skilled in battle meditation. Probably. Yeah, which is pretty goddamn impressive. Um, she has a reputation among the students for being helpful and providing advice to the most troubled youngling she trained. Aww. She was also known to turn a blind eye to many pranks the young ones would do. That's cute. And even sneak uh, little sweets into their pockets. Oh, a typical mom. <laughs> She's grandma. like a grandma. She's the loving grandma. And then Yoda's the mischievous old fart. <laughs> There's actually, I remember this story. Like, if uh, Yaddo is the caring grandmother who loves spoiling the fuck out of her children or grandchildren, um, Yoda is like the insightful yet mischievous grandpa yeah like there's this one story i remember um so there's this jedi youngling uh she has a long complicated name that i can't remember off the top of my head insert but, here <laughs> but she gained the nickname of scout and the, the neat thing about her is that even though she's force sensitive she is pretty much below average like uh, lifting objects with telekinesis is difficult for her Aww. and uh there were a bunch of jedi that doubted her abilities and didn't want to take her in as their apprentice and everything and there was this one master that was very critical of her and yoda was all like well if you have low expectations for her then maybe you want to place a bet on her and Yoda bets? Yep. That's surprising. And the master was like, okay, you little gremlin, you're on. <laughs> and during, you know, the, the, you know those uh, traditions where, where uh, younglings, you know, show off their skills for the masters that are watching and everything. Yeah. Um, during, uh, so Scout was paired up against this other Jedi youngling who is particularly strong in the Force. Even though she is weak and a pure... Uh, force technique compared to the youngling. Mm -hmm. uh, even though, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, the Padawan is powerful in the force. She, on the other hand, can use the force for other attributes, such as enhancing her physical strength. Oh, that's cool. So even though her opponent could lift her with telekinesis, she could basically manhandle him easily. <laughs> and she was able to do that. That's cool. And the, the master was like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? And he looks at Yoda and he's like, You gremlin son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yoda is fun sometimes. Classic Yoda. And of course, um Yoda had the utmost confidence in her. That's good. He doesn't he doesn't doubt anybody. He sees the good in everyone. Yeah, it's that's that's one of the things I do appreciate about the uh Jedi Order, is that they value even their most weakest members. The Sith, on the other hand, would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you were shown as weak, you would die. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but anyway, that aside, uh, Yado would... Eventually, Yado was appointed to the head of a library's assembly. Um, very similar to canon, she is a huge nerd in everything. Um, she was based... Her position was basically her maintaining the temple's vast collections of holocrons, scrolls, and Sith artifacts, mm -hmm. um, while also gathering and studying new books and other artifacts. Um, under her leadership, the assembly gained more artifacts in their collection, and even Yato's personal collection will grow so large she could fill all of her, uh, collect her entire collection in several rooms. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, she, she's absolutely a little gremlin. She's <laughs> <laughs> like a crow, just gather all the stuff. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, holocron, shiny. Um, there are many conflicts that Yato didn't directly participate in, but had huge significance, such as there's this one event called the Inchori Uprising. Um, this is like, I believe, like 10 years before the Phantom Menace and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were around. So there's this race called the Anchuri, who are like these uh, reptilian turtle people. Um, they feel like they're not represented properly in the Republic and decided to, you know, rise up against them. Um, and the Jedi were sent out to quell this uprising and everything because they were starting to gather this huge army and huge fleet to conquer parts of their own territories and everything. Um... And Yaddo was kind of at a Jedi temple, going through this scroll, um, this ancient artifact that was found on Yanchori. And she was able to decipher it. And basically, um, she was able to decipher it because the Jedi were trying to find out where the leadership of the Yanchori were. Mm -hmm. And in that scroll, she found that the Yanchori, um, the leadership of the Yanchori, instead of being on their homeworld, was on a distant, lifeless moon, mm -hmm. just cleverly hiding from plain sight. And she was able to decipher that and say, hey, these guys are over there. Go stop them. So she was essentially the intelligence gatherer in this nice. event. Um, and then, of course, she was there when Qui-Gon reported back to the Jedi Council about Maul and the Chosen One, you know, that entire thing. Anakin, yada yada. Yeah. Um, and very lines up with canon. She didn't attend uh, Qui-Gon's uh, funeral service. Oh, which yeah, is, she was busy. Yeah, she was busy. <laughs> In canon, she was getting murdered by Dooku, but that's beside the point. Um, no, she got murdered after Dooku died, or after Qui-Gon died. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, that's why she wasn't at the funeral. Um, but anywho, another notable event is when she, along with a couple of Jedi Masters, I think uh, Mace Windu, Adi Gallia, uh, Adi Mundi, went to Malastare to... Basically, broker this peace between, uh, okay, um, uh, so you remember, uh, crap, um, there's this one Jedi Master, I can't remember the top of the head, top of my head, um, so basically she's broke, she's helping broker this peace between, uh, the Lonic race, who are these, uh, long-eared little fuckers, mm -hmm. um, and the terrorist organization of Lonix called the Red Arrow, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, like, there was this uh, huge civil war going on, and they were trying to broker peace, and they decided Malastare would be neutral ground for his negotiations and everything. Mm -hmm. um, she went there. However, um, 
it was found out, um, well, okay, um, they were doing this peace thing, uh, negotiations weren't going their way, and they decided, okay, we'll meet again tomorrow. Um, and the, she and her Jedi companions went to two separate speeders. Um, Malastare, just for context, is the home world of the dog race, you know, Saboba and everything. Oh, okay. Um, however, Malastare, we'll do it in its own episode, but Malastare is, um, even though the dogs were the native race of Malastare, they were under the charge of these, uh, uh, free-eyed, uh, aliens called the Gran, basically yeah, as the before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... On Malastare, there was this uh, pod race event going on as a sort of uh, distraction for the Jedi that were bro- brokering peace and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they were going back to their temples, um, the, the drivers of the speeders turn out to be undercover terrorist agents. Oh, hell. And they were like, we got to kill the Jedi and then kill the Lonic Prince and everything. Um, didn't go the way that they were hoping. Well, um, obviously not. <laughs> um, Yaddo and her group of Jedi were able to dispatch uh, the terrorists. Classic terrorist tactics. They have, like, suicide vests and everything. He just, She just force-pushed one of them off of a spear. Just boom. <laughs> However, another speeder that was accompanied by Mace Windu, Adi Galia, were not so lucky. And their speeder was blown to oblivion, and they were falling. However... They caught a nearby pod racer, who just so happened to be Soboba himself. Oh, wow. And Soboba was like, I'm in the middle of a race, get off of my speeder! <laughs> but Jedi were like, no, we don't want to fall to our deaths! That's funny. <laughs> it's like, fuck off, I'm racing! No, we're gonna die! Um, and eventually, Soboba managed to shake them off. Um, they fell to their deaths. Not quite, however. Yaddle, she was a capable pilot, she rescued them at the last minute. Good on ya. Good on ya, Yaddle. And then, long story short, they uh, they uh, repelled a assassination attempt on the prince, and they were able to. <laughs> a funny thing: the leader of that terrorist organization, he was surrounded at all sides, but he decided, "Ha ha! I have a jetpack. I'm going to yeet out of there." He flies out of. He literally flies out of a window, and he looks to his left. And he sees Saboba just right at him, and he oh, <laughs> he, he went into his over. engines. He got run over the engine. Saboba, he didn't even like. He, he didn't even do it intentionally. So I mean, yeah, he 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 was in the path of Saboba, but Saboba wasn't worried. He was all like, "Get out of the way!" and just just get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> you know that scene, one of those scenes from uh, uh, Incredibles. Where, where Syndrome is getting sucked into the Yeah, pretty engine. much, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Ah! <laughs> yep. I thought that was pretty funny, but anywho. That was, that was darker than I thought when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Disney movies were darker back then. Yep. But anywho, uh, aside from that, um, we fast forward to 25 years before the Battle of Yavin. So this is like... A year before the Separatist crisis happened. Okay. Um, so Yaddle was paired up with Obi-Wan Kenobi and his apprentices, Anakin Skywalker. Um, and they were going to this core world called Melon. Um, it's not too significant. It's basically this uh, important core world. And recently, um, its government was basically destabilized. Um, 
everybody was unemployed. Um, there was chaos in the streets. The government is kaput. It's just general chaos in the streets. And this, Shit has hit the fan. And this gave rise to several criminal syndicates that were like, ooh, that's free real estate down there. <laughs> Imagine like our campaign with the IEGO system. Mm-hmm. Where you have several criminal factions just making their That's a hold. headache in and of itself to deal <laughs> with. And basically, Obi Wan, Yaddo, and Anakin were sent there to establish a provisional government for mm-hmm. this planet and everything. And Yaddo was basically the main negotiator. Like, she would meditate, trying to figure out the best course of action, and to convince the other criminal syndicates to basically fuck off. Um. Let me see. Uh, but one... Uh, okay, I already described that. Um, okay. He's so, lost in his notes. <laughs> so the main free crime factions um, were controlled by Decca the Hut. Because, you know, Hut's always gangsters. Fucking There's always huts. a Hut. <laughs> and a woman who is actually a native of his planet named Fenatea. And the third is a mysterious figure only known as Stryker. Hmm. Not to be confused with, uh, what was that motherfucking, uh, the, the cop character from Mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> the typical, just normal dude. <laughs> it was something Stryker. I can't remember his other name for the life of me. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, Yaddo and Obi-Wan were sent off to restore power to the entire planet. Because I think it's like an... Econopolis, like Coruscant. Uh-huh. Um, so they needed to restart power so that they could give food, resources, and infrastructure for the native population and everything, and then go on from there. Mm-hmm. However, Anakin, being the reckless Padawan that he is... Uh, he got himself he, into trouble. He got himself into trouble, and he was cat- kidnapped by uh, the soldiers of his striker fella. Good job, chosen one. <laughs> and... Um, Stryker revealed himself as his man named Granta Omega. I know it doesn't mean much to you, but Granta Omega, um, he is, he's like one of those antagonist characters that you see in Legends and everything. Um, he is the son of his individual named Xanatos, who is a failed apprentice of Qui-Gon and yeah. is a fallen Jedi Knight. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, okay, so you... I knew, Z- I knew about Xanatos. Okay, so yeah, this is the uh, Granto, Granta Omega is the son of this dude. Oh, okay. And uh, let me... I'm going to actually send you a picture of this guy. Um, He's just a... Uh, he doesn't look particularly special. He's just a uh, guy in a hood and everything. Yeah, he don't look special at all. <laughs> but... He's I, another dude. He's just another dude. Um, But he is... Pretty intimidating. Like he is a uh, he has a vengeance quest basically against Obi Wan and Anakin. For some fucking reason. Well, because his father uh, was killed. I believe his father was basically killed by a uh, Anakin, not Anakin, uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon in the past, and he wants to go on a revenge quest against them. Oh, a typical vengeance quest. <laughs> I don't know when we will be talking about this character, but it needs more context in a future episode. Um, but anyway, so Granta Omega, um, he sees this young Padawan who's reckless. Um, he wants to do the right thing. And he basically gave Anakin an offer, like, join my side 
Therefore, we could free all the slaves in the galaxy and even go out and liberate your mother from her cruel oppressors and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like, giving him a little bit of a carrot. Yeah, holding the carrot in front of him. Um, Anakin, however, even though this does sound like a very tempting offer, he refused to join his side. The son tried the same thing and he refused. So, (laughs) obviously using Shmi as a bargaining chip doesn't work. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, Omega seeing that Anakin wasn't uh, falling into his uh, offers. He had him contact Yaddle to basically come out in the open so that he could give her an offer, basically. Mm -hmm. And Yaddle told Obi-Wan about this. And initially, Obi-Wan wanted to join Yaddo to, you know, because he wants to rescue his Padawan yeah. and everything. But... Being, being be a responsible master. But here's the thing. Omega was all like, I'm going to send you Hi, important parts of the coordinates where I am one by one. And if I see you being accompanied by somebody, I will disappear further into the bowels of the world. And you'll never see Anakin again. Douche. And Yaddo... Knowing fully what's expected of her, she told Obi-Wan to focus on other things. Well, she focuses on rescuing Anakin and everything. Mm -hmm. And she followed up to her word and met up with Omega at the coordinates. Mm -hmm. And basically... um, Get another character with the fucking name Omega. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every single one uh, of Obi-Wan's rivals has a murder boner for him. Yep. (laughs) But anyway, um, so they met up, uh, and Omega basically presented the old master with free choices. He, okay, so before I go to those free choices, he shows Yaddo in his possession a little silver canister, which is filled with this toxic substance that is lethal to all life. Mm-hmm. And he basically says... This is my insurance policy. If you let me and my men go, gain wealth, and then go off world. This is my insurance. And there's like this uh, little air tube, you know, the kind where you uh, put uh, banknotes in and everything. Yeah, little... Yeah, he basically has his little bioweapon near his air tube. Basically as a... uh, (laughs) As his... uh, Weapon of mass destruction if they if they don't listen to his demands and yeah. everything. Um, typical and villain thing. Typical villain thing. And he presented Yada with free choices. Um, basically, he, he will let her choose who dies this day. Number one, all the inhabitants of the world. Number two, Anakin. Or number three, Yada herself. And... I've, I've seen the picture. I, I know that she, she sacrificed herself. <laughs> and obviously, um, in that moment, Anakin came to realization and he basically cursed himself for his stupidity and getting Yaddo in danger because being the selfless Jedi Master that she is, she would obviously sacrifice herself and everything. Um, it's his own fault he got himself in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's also kind of an interesting detail because uh, Omega keeps referring to Yaddo as the one below. Like she had, like that reputation that she grew on that one planet mm-hmm. ev- eventually grew galaxy wide, and all the criminal crime lords knew her as the one below. That's interesting. It's pretty interesting, and they have his little exchange. And mid sentence, 
uh, Yaddle basically caught Omega off guard, uh, turned on her lightsaber, and got Anakin out of his cuffs and everything. Mm -hmm. And Omega, even though he was caught off guard, he just yeeted the canister into the tube, just whoop! And then not so long after, in a blink of light, Yaddle also went whoop! <laughs> and then Anakin, following, following in behind her, was like whoop! <laughs> and Omega's like, what the fuck just what happened? The fuck? <laughs> That's funny, just looking around, what the fuck? And it, I, I know it's like in a novel series and everything, and I haven't read the entire thing, but... You gotta imagine this all happened within seconds. Like, yeah, what the like, fuck just happened? Exactly. They all disappeared. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, the rest of this was described from Anakin's point of view. Um, he was basically yeeted out of the air tube. And it was just high up in the air over the, uh, the city and everything. Mm -hmm. And he started plummeting down back to Earth. Yeah. And he he used the force to slow his descent. Cast was, fall. <laughs> slow fall, you know, the classic monk thing and everything. Um, and he lands on a nearby tower and kind of rolls on the ground. Um, and he came to realization after, you know, he dusted himself off and everything. Mm -hmm. He came to realization that Yaddle was nowhere to be seen. He's all like, where the fuck is Yaddle? And he feels this intense energy just gathering in his general surroundings mm -hmm. then he looks up and he sees Yaddo suspended in the air by the force and in her hands is that little canister Aww. and um she was just floating Anakin was a little bit further down um let me see if I so as Anakin was in shock, he suddenly felt Yaddo speak to him in his mind, despite the obvious distance. And Yaddo, <laughs> and Yaddo imparts his, her words of wisdom to Anakin. If you lose your anger, find you, it will. Embrace it and disappear, it will. Chosen, you may be. But for what? Your question to answer, it is. So, um, in Legends, she spoke like Yoda. Yeah. Okay. And I'll read you a direct quote from the book itself. The uh, book in question is called Jedi Quest Shadow Trap. Um, and it's kind of heartbreaking. He barely registered her words. A terrible certainty was growing. And then everything was clear to Anakin. As clear as the hard-edged stars. He realized what Yaddo was about to do. No, he shouted, but he could already feel it. Yaddo was drawing in the great net of a force she had created, drawing it around her so tightly and fiercely and strongly that Anakin fell to his knees. He had never felt the force move like this. He couldn't speak or move. From far below, uh, Granta detonated the explosives. Anakin heard a sharp pop. Nothing more. The force grew until Anakin was de dazzled. Instead of exploding, the canister imploded, and Yaddo drew the toxic gas and the explosive power in, absorbing Aww. it into her body. Then, she simply disappeared. A shower of light particles swirled, hung in the air, then evaporated. Wow. So she died kind of by implosion. Yep. Oof. That's not nice. <laughs> so yeah, um, 
I wouldn't say it's less climatic compared to her death by Dooku's hands, but... Her dying by Dooku's hands actually fucking broke my heart. Yeah. This one's just like... Yeah, she still sacrificed herself and it's selfless, but... Eh. <laughs> Not as uh, climatic as her death by Dooku's hands. Yes. I mean, like, uh, both of them have their merits and everything. Um, The Dooku one is superior thematically, but... Considering Yato's character and how selfless she is, the the Legends one is much more fitting for her character. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, Yato's death would have a massive effect on Anakin. And even though f- from the events onwards, that picture I was talking yeah, about. yeah, 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 that, that's a picture. Um, from eventually, Obi Wan and Anakin were successful in bringing peace to the planet that they're on. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, happy feels. Anakin, however, he felt a mass mass sense of guilt because he feels he was responsible for Yaddle's death and everything. Um, Yet another seed of the dark side. <laughs> him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Obi-Wan tried comforting Anakin in the fact that it wasn't his fault, but Yaddle died as... He simply stated that it was her decision, and he and she made it of her own free will and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, even though of this, uh, <laughs> Anakin would not hear any of it. Of and course he, he wouldn't. He's and, fucking stubborn. And he just swelled this immense guilt within his heart for the rest of his life. And Yaddo's death was the first of many tragedies that would push Anakin further to the dark side. Including Qui-Gon's death. Yep, yep. And uh, as we all know, um, Yaddo would eventually be replaced by a Shakti of a Jedi Council. In both Legends and Canon that I saw. Yep, yep. That's cool. And uh, yeah, that's basically the story of Yaddo. What do you think? Canon is tragic, but also selfless of her. Legends just... Or no. Legends is tragic but selfless. Yep. Canon just fucking breaks my heart. <laughs> she wanted to do... She like she agreed with Dooku that the Jedi Council needed re- reform. That, yeah. you know, they were following the whims of the Senate. That's not what the Jedi do. And, you know, she she agreed with him. And yeah. she, she still died. <clears throat> which, this makes it very sad. Yeah, I do have to agree that the uh, the story that introduced her in canon, I say introduced, I guess introduced her more in a media sense, like a TV show instead yeah, of in the novels. It brings her further. It brings her into the foreground instead of the background. Yeah, I. Um, it would be kind of interesting if they expanded more on her character. Um, but... Hey, Filoni, get on it! <laughs> but I think, uh, like, if you truly look at it, um, Yato was kind of responsible for the fall of both Dooku and Anakin or in their separate canons and everything. That's sad to look at, but... Yeah. True. But no, like, uh, I mean, Yato isn't a particularly deep character. I mean, her story in Legends, where she's trapped for a hundred years in that pit, well, was course, pretty interesting. Le- Legends has a lot of more content yeah. for a lot of other Jedi Masters who don't really get expanded upon in canon. Yeah. But, unfortunately, Legends is Legends, canon is canon. It wouldn't be a kind of interesting if they incorporated her origin story into canon and uh, make her 
death by Dooku's hands that much more tragic because she understands his pain and suffering. That's what made it so much sadder. Yeah. Um, I mean, in her point of view, it was like by a hundred years. By Dooku, it was like, I don't know, a decade or so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting if they uh, incorporated that part of Yaddle's story into canon. But that's just me. Anyway, that was our episode on Master Yaddle. Yep. Um, <laughs> any closing statements on Yaddle, Hannah? Nope, but I am wondering what the uh, next episode is going to be. I'll give you... I'll make it a little bit interesting. Give me a couple of guesses of what the next episode is going to be. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Ewoks. <laughs> so your mind immediately went to Ewoks because we were talking about short people? Kind of. <laughs> okay, uh... You say Ewoks, but there's an entire lore and TV series surrounding Ewoks, and I'm not ready to dive into that rabbit hole. I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I am not. Um, okay, I'll just save you the headache and tell you what the next episode is going to be. Thank you. Okay, so we've been talking a bit about uh, a lot of uh, Jedi characters. We talked about the Republic earlier. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a neutral subject mm -hmm. instead of going either heroes or villains mm -hmm. kind of a little bit in between we'll dive a little bit into the handy heroes of star wars um specifically we will be talking about the bounty hunters guild oh cool yeah that'll be fun yeah the bounty hunters guild has been a subject i wanted to talk about for the longest time because they are bounty hunters are cool bounty hunters are cool. <laughs> but yeah um Thank you once again, all, for listening to another episode of Cam Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi. Or in this case, uh, which way should Yaddle die? <laughs> both <laughs> but, are sad. Yeah, they are both sad. But anyway, um, before I prattle on anymore, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode and for enjoying our content and for supporting us through the, the numerous years that we've had with this uh, content. Hell, are we going on two years already? Yes, we are. Two-year anniversary is right around the corner in September. Thank you, you guys, <laughs> for all the support. Seriously. All right. And before I uh, continue on anymore, may the Force be with you all. May the Force be with you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.